Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Ladies and gentlemen, from an excursion into the wilderness where he used a machete to break through the heavy vines and protect his family from the wild, here's Dr. History. Thank you, Zeb, for that exciting introduction. Wasn't like that, though, was it? (laughs) Uh, Not quite. Did you fall off the (laughs) three-wheeler? Four-wheeler. Well, they used to make them three. I know, yeah. No, we had a great time. uh, Henry's Lake, Island Park, uh, some of them went into Yellowstone, uh, West Yellowstone. Stone uh, had good weather. Had a it good was time. good weather. It was nice up it there was. this year. Yeah. yeah, and that was for Father's Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. We and had a your good family time. all chipped together and bought you what a round trip ticket to where? <laughs> I don't know yet. Maybe I've it, got it. Maybe it was a one way. <laughs> yeah, ticket. might be a one way. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? Okay, Zeb. When I say the word rendezvous. What comes to your mind? What place? Honestly, I'm thinking of over in the Montpelier area. Okay. That's Here in Idaho. Okay, nope. Another one. Uh, Up in the Grace area. How about Jackson Hole? That was my next choice. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You can say that now. (laughs) Well, you know, seriously, though. Oh, yeah. When you're going over to Preston, and I used to announce that rodeo for years. Yeah. uh, Just before you make the last curve going up that highway into Preston, there's a big rock on the side of the road, and it talks about the rendezvous and everything yeah, there, yeah and there were and we'll talk about that but there were rendezvous all over actually yeah, there were but we're going to talk about the jackson hole uh area and you know when you have a a rendezvous in uh, about 1825 to 1840, uh, it was held at different locations by the fur trading companies. Uh, there were trappers, mountain men, and they sold their furs and hides, and they replenished their supplies. That was kind of the, the give and take, where you made your money, and then you got supplies for the next year. But the large fur companies put together teamsters driven uh, with mule trains that packed uh, the essentials, you know, whiskey and supplies, into a pre announced location each spring and summer and set up the this trading fair so like a great big flea market i guess in a way i got a question for you though okay all right all these people were so independent and all of these people whether it was jeremiah johnson or whomever they all lived uh, basically as single entities out in the wild a lot of them did yeah. how did they know where to go you know, somehow in the course of their travels, they would meet people and say, hey, the rendezvous is going to be here or there. So somehow the word got out and, and everybody ne- knew where to go. And the next question I got for you, omnipotent overseer of knowledge <laughs> historically, how did they know the date on the calendar without having calendars? Zeb, when you're a mountain man, you know the exact day. <laughs> you washed on that one. <laughs> I don't know. They just knew. <laughs> what can I say? But, you know, the, the rendezvous was at the season's end. They packed furs out. Uh, normally, the British companies, to they would take theirs to Fort Vancouver in the Pacific Northwest and to one of the northern Missouri ports, such as St. Joseph, Missouri. So the furs went either south, you know, uh, to St. Louis or northwest over to Vancouver to the Pacific. So the rendezvous were known to be a very lively, happy place where all were 
were allowed. Everybody was allowed to come you're, in. You're being kind. <laughs> yes. But you had the free trappers. You had the trappers that worked for the companies. Yeah. You had the Indians, of course. You had the native trapper wives and children, travelers. And later on, get this up, even tourists would venture out even from as far as Europe to observe these rendezvous. And I had never thought of that before that uh, they would actually come to watch. Now, what time of the year was the most, uh, was it in the summer? I I believe it was in the summer, and I could never find, like, an exact time. Okay. But James Beckworth, uh, he describes this, and I'm going to quote. He says, mirth, songs, dancing, shouting, trading, running, jumping, singing, racing, target shooting, yarns, frolic with all sorts of extravagances that white men or Indians could invent. So they, it was just a good old time. You know? How long was the rendezvous? You know, I, I'm not sure of that either, but I'm thinking it was around two weeks. Really? Uh, as I recall. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, and actually, rendezvous, they're still celebrated, uh, you know, even today, as gatherings of some of these clubs and people from all walks of life. You know, the fur trading rendezvous are celebrated uh, by traditional black powder rifle clubs all over the United States and Canada. Well, right here. They get together. Oh, yeah. 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 And, well, I'm sure back in those days they just pinged them on their smartphone and let them exactly. know when let it them was. Know yeah. where. But, you know, these gatherings range from small gatherings that are sponsored by local clubs here, like you said, in this area, to large have gatherings. Have you been to one? Yes, I have. I have, too. Yeah. Yeah. I have, too. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. There's another one called the Pacific Primitive Rendezvous that's supposed to be kind of a big one. And I tried to find information on that, but I'm not sure where that actually takes place. But anyway, same thing. These gatherings include the same activities uh, centered around shooting of muzzle-loaded rifles, trading guns and shotguns, the throwing of knives and tomahawks and archery, cooking, dancing, singing, telling of stories. Uh, you one thing you don't want to do is go to a rendezvous with George Montgomery Oh, uh, yeah, and know. let him load the gun that you're going to shoot in the uh, in the shoot-off contest. Might be a little hot. Uh, let me just say that George overdoes the powder and delights in seeing 5'11", 220-pound people blown back on their butt. <laughs> okay, I won't ask who that is, but... <laughs> I told you, it's oh, George okay. Montgomery! <laughs> no. So, but you know... Actually, on these on these rendezvous, even now, you'll still have uh, Indians, uh, people that are kind of frontiersmen, uh, free, and even free trappers now, yeah. including soldiers. So, but I'm going to talk about Jackson Hole because uh, that's kind of where, close to where we were. But you know, if you think of the many uh, really beautiful spots in the Rocky Mountains, Jackson Hole, you know, beautiful mountain valley, oh, yeah. lies in the shadow of the Teton Range there in in uh, northwestern Wyoming. I mean, it's just a beautiful place. But it's not only a great scenic treasure, but also an important early center of the mountain fur trade and even exploration of the Far West. Now, Jackson Hole was, you know, we call Salt Lake City the crossroads of the West. Jackson Hole is considered the historic crossroads of the western fur trade. And it offered the only really good route across the Rocky Mountain barrier. And further, it was the focal point of a region uh, because of the beaver streams, uh, which were highly prized. And here the trapper's trails converged from many directions, kind of like the spokes of, uh, of a great wheel. So if you can imagine Jackson Hole and 100 miles Anywhere in any direction uh, comes back to... That's almost right here. 
Yeah. Pretty close, I yeah. mean, you know, as far and as... And they did. They trapped down yeah. here, you know, Fort Hall and along the Snake River. Well, a lot of the fur traders, 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 that's a new word, by the way, uh, they actually traveled through the Snake River Canyon. Oh, yeah, they did. So yeah. they, they were all over this area, but like I say, within 100 miles of Jackson Hole was a pretty popular area. Yeah. And after Lewis and Clark, uh, the most important trader explorers came through Jackson Hole on their journeys. And later, this valley, uh, rich in furs itself, was crossed and recrossed trapped and repeatedly by the famous companies now the madison river i'm going to kind of give you a little geography here to try to picture jackson home so the madison river flows north to merge with the gallatin and the jefferson rivers at what they call three forks to form the mighty missouri river and those waters, we know, reach the Gulf of Mexico after a journey of about 4,000 miles. Now, the Yellowstone River flows in a generally northwesterly direction into Yellowstone Lake. And Yellowstone Lake is huge. Have you ever seen Yellowstone Lake? It's, uh, it's a, yes. I mean, it is yeah. huge. And they say, is that the lake that they don't know how deep it is? And I'm not sure about that, but I know it's just, when I've seen it, you can't hardly see across it. So anyway, Yellowstone Lake, then it makes a big sweep in a general northeasterly direction before it joins the Missouri. So now you've got four major rivers that uh, flow into the Gulf of Mexico. Now the Shoshone, Shoshone and the Wind Rivers are major eastward-flowing eastward tributaries of the Bighorn River, which in turn is a major tributary of the Yellowstone. So all those head over to the Gulf of Mexico. Now, the Platte River is the second greatest contributor to the Missouri. Okay, now, when I was up there this week, Zeb, uh, when we go from Island Park and Henry's Lake area, we go up over a hill, and right on the top of that is the the uh, border between Montana and uh, right. and Idaho, right. and that's where the Continental Divide is. Mm-hmm. And it's always amazed me that everything before we get to the top flows to the Columbia, and everything on the other side flows to the Missouri. Really, just from that place, the the Continental Divide. You know, and that's me. that's really one of the most amazing things, not only of this country but of this world. Yeah, the How? way the confluence of the rivers and everything, and yeah. the, and the gravitational forces, etc. Well, look at you; you're still able to sit in that chair. <laughs> I know it's amazing. <laughs> okay, so now that's on the east side of the Continental Divide. Okay, now we're going to talk about the west side. So west of the divide from the source of the Yellowstone is the source of the Snake River, which curves kind of westward, then drops southward to form Jackson Lake, which is just north of Jackson Hole. And it continues along uh, the Tetons. Then it kind of heads westward through a canyon and emerges on the west side of these mountains. And that's where the Palisades Reservoir is. Right, right. So That's uh, an amazing place. It is. It really is a huge reservoir. And then the Snake River, of course, flows right down past us, right here where we're sitting, uh, across south-central Idaho in this big arc. And then what amazes me is it heads north up to uh, uh, where it joins into the Columbia, up by Lewiston, up yeah. that area. Yeah. And it always seems a little strange to me that, that the river flows, to me, that's up. Yep. <laughs> you know, up to the Colorado, yeah. or, or I mean the Columbia. So. But what are we but mere mortals? I know, we don't understand yeah. that. So the, the Snake River is uh, through Hell's Canyon and up to the... Where joins the Columbia. Have you ever thought about taking a, a float trip on all of that? I have wanted, my bucket list is to do a jet boat trip 
in Hell's Canyon. We ought to do the jet boat together and then do the broadcast. That would be fun. I think I'd be hanging on pretty tight. (laughs) So so now back to Jackson Hole. Okay. Okay, that's part of the upper Snake River Valley, which lies at the eastern side of the Teton Range. Right. And it's one of the largest enclosed valleys in the Rocky Mountains. And I hadn't thought of this, but it's actually about 60 miles north to south. And about 12 miles wide uh, to the Yellowstone Plateau. So it's a big, huge valley. It's I didn't not know just, that. Not just this little town of, of, of uh, Jackson Hole. Yeah. So, I and, love Jackson Hole. Oh, it's a fun place. But, you know, and the, again, it's bounded on the west by the, by the uh, Teton. you got to go eat at Bubba's. <laughs> There's a lot of fun things to do over there. <laughs> so now Jackson Hole originally was called Jackson's Hole or Jackson's Big Hole, and it was named in 1829 for one of the partners of the Rocky Mountain Fur Company. Now, to the trapper, a hole, quote, is a sizable valley, usually with game, ideally suited for camping. So there were there was other there was Brown's Hole, there was Pierre's Hole, Gardner's Hole, and of course Jackson's Hole. Why why is it sometimes you hear people refer to it as Jackson, Wyoming, and others refer to it as Jackson Hole, Wyoming? That's a good question. I to me, it's always Jackson Jackson Hole. Yeah. So Jackson to me is not quite right. Now, there are about nine uh, groups of people that went through Jackson Hole that were discoverers and uh, trappers. Number one, in 1807, John Coulter entered Jackson Hole, and he, at sometimes by some historians, has been uh, credited with the discovery of Yellowstone Park, and he really was not. Oh. There was a guy named Daniel Potts that actually was the main explorer of Yellowstone Park. I didn't know that. Now, Coulter uh, had been a member of the Lewis and Clark expedition. And uh, John Coulter is the one that was captured by Indians and was turned loose to run. And the Indians were chasing him. They gave him a little head start. Do you remember that story? I do. You it's had called, that on here one right, time. It's called Coulter's Run. It's yeah. actually a movie a long time ago. Yeah. And he actually outdistanced all of the Indians and made it to the Madison River where he hid in a beaver dam while the Indians kept looking for him. And he actually was able to escape where wow. his, his partner had been killed. But so a lot of the movies, like A Man Called Horse and all that kind of stuff, they are based on a lot of historical yeah. fact. Yeah. Yeah. So that was number one. Number two, in the spring of 1811, John Hoback, Edward Robinson, and a guy named Jacob Reznor, Reznor entered Jackson Hole through Teton Pass. I've heard of his name. Um, yeah. And they left through what they call Togety Pass, uh, having come up through the Snake River and... Folks, if you want to hear their story, I told that story on August 8th, uh, or no, August 18th of 2015. So go back to my podcast, and on August 18th of 2015, you'll hear the story of those three guys and their adventures oh. and, and the difficult times that they had. So, well, yeah. that was a good plug. Yeah, and uh, so go back and listen to that story, because that'll, <laughs> that'll give you some more insight into this. Okay. But anyway, in the spring of 1810, these three guys, Kentuckians, they were employees of the St. Louis, Missouri Fur Company, and they uh, accompanied Andrew Henry's expedition. So Henry and others of his command probably trapped and hunted in the Jackson Hole area. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, in the fall of 1811... Uh, the important Astorian expedition guided by these three guys, Hoback, 
Robinson and Reznor, entered Jackson Hole by way of Hobart Canyon, and maybe that's where your these uh, names sound familiar. Yeah, because uh, Hobart and Reznor they named some of the passes. But didn't you mention the Astorian? What did you say you called that? The uh, Astorian expedition wasn't that Wilson? based upon a guy by the name of John Astor that was oh, yes. out here years previous. He was not out here. John Jacob Astor. He was the financier. Right. Ah. So, and in fact, I'm going to talk about him. In 1808, John Jacob Astor from the state of New York created the American Fur Company. I see. Okay. Now, this is the most ambitious of his schemes, and he wanted to establish a trading post at the mouth of the Columbia River. Gotcha. Okay. And we have talked about that. And he wanted to exploit the wealth of the Northwestern wilderness to to promote this enterprise. Astor organized the Pacific Fur Company. And here's where it gets interesting. He sent out two expeditions. One of which went by sea around Cape Horn, while others were to proceed overland along the route of Lewis and Clark. And both of them ultimately got there after some really difficult, difficult times. The one around Cape Horn you had a story on one time, and you said it took like, what, five or six months? Yeah, they it took a long time. And yeah. Can you imagine going the tip of South America, that weather had to be terrible. Oh, my. But uh, anyway, uh, Astoria, the town, became uh, pretty significant as the first organized occupation of Oregon Territory. Hmm. Now, the overland Astorians, uh, uh, they had uh, a rough time. They followed the Lewis and Clark Trail. But in 1811, the overland party, under the command of Wilson Price Hunt of New Jersey left St. Louis. They came up the Missouri River, and on May 26th, they hooked up with these three guys, Hoback, Robinson, and Reznor. Uh-huh. They were actually heading home, but they talked him into coming back with them as guides, which they shouldn't have done. No, because <laughs> they, they, nev- they, they never, never made it. They never made it. So here we have an expedition of 82 horses, 62 men, an Indian woman with her two children belonging to the interpreter Pierre Dorian. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another exciting story. Pierre Dorian's wife and two kids, she ended up uh, doing a, an amazing thing of surviving and walking clear over to the Columbia River by herself. By herself? With her two kids. With two kids? Yeah, yeah. But anyway... Uh, Parents don't ever complain about your kids yelling in the backseat uh, of the car. You know, that's that's a whole other story, and I, I, I'll i probably tell that one Well, no, I, can I back up about the hunt? Yeah, if you got time, we only got sure. four minutes left. But uh, wasn't that part of the Hunt massacre? No, no. Uh, the the Wilson Price Hunt group uh, came through right through here, and the Cauldron Lynn over here on uh, the they're the ones that drowned over here. Right, they lost one of their guys. Oh yeah, a guy by the name of Antoine Clapier. Yeah, he went through the Cauldron Lynn, and they never found him. Well, again. he's still there. He's still there yeah. somewhere. He's so treading a lot of water. Yeah. But the main body of the Wilson Price, uh, they uh, continued on and, and eventually finally made it. Now, the, the fourth group, uh, there were seven, in the fall of 1812, there were seven returning Astorians that came, they'd made it to Astoria, now they're coming back, and they actually went through Jackson Hole as well. Really? So that's another group. Number five, uh, in 1819, Donald McKenzie of the Northwest Company, 
came into Jackson Hole in the course uh, in the course of the first Snake Country expedition, and became the first British agent in this territory. How many people did they send on various expeditions, like maybe the Hunts or the? Well, the 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 ones there was only what eighty two people, or sixty two people. Not very. I mean. Relatively, not a lot of people. Yeah. You know, now the sixth group in the autumn of 1824, there were okay. This may answer it. Seven American fur trappers led by Jedediah Smith, kind of rediscovered Jackson Hole, and they came in by Hoback and departed by Conant Pass, and they were uh, the vanguard of the Rocky Mountain Fur Company. Now the Rocky Mountain Fur Company in 1822 uh, was headed by General. Ashley and Major Henry, and they were headed in this area, and they ended up actually discovering the Green River area, and they actually had some pretty important guys with them. Uh, Jim Bridger, Thomas Fitzpatrick, Jedediah Smith, uh, William Sublett, David Jackson, and these guys were just teenagers. They were just young green mountain men uh, at this time, wow. and of course became very important. Uh, okay, I know we're about out of time, Zeb. Uh, in 1825, Jim Bridger and Tom Fitzpatrick with 30 trappers. They followed Jedediah Smith's route into Jackson Hole, uh, coming up the Snake River into Yellowstone Park. And in 1824, General Ashley, journeying west, uh, he explored the, uh, the lower Green River area. The eighth group was 1826, William Sublett, James Beckworth. Uh, they crossed lower Jackson Hole to Green River. And Daniel Potts, the first guy to really discover Yellowstone Park. Uh, and then the, the rondo of 1826 actually took place near the Great Salt Lake. Really? So, uh, and there was another one in Bear Lake, uh, different places. And the ninth group in the summer of 1829, William Sublett led his company up the valley of the Wind River, across Togety Pass, and at Jackson Lake. He joined his partner, and they again met at uh, Jackson's Hole, and that's when Jackson Hole kind of got its name. Could we, we're out of time, but I want to just ask you this. Could next week we talk about what happened just uh, exactly three quarters of a mile north? Me. The Wilson Price Hunt yeah. Company. Let's talk about that. Okay, yeah, All we right. can do that. I want to do that. Because the, uh, like I say, uh, Pierre Dorian's wife, her her story in itself is an amazing survival story. Absolutely. So, yeah, you we did it that. again. It's good to have you back from your fishing trip that you didn't go fishing. Uh, that's true. Okay. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.